What kind of ABB always be booked listener are you? Do you wait like a like a like a kid before Christmas morning for that new episode to come out? Do you wait for the alert to come in? Or do you just kind of casually through your travels notice when a new one's up and then oh let's see what old Tommy's up to? Let's hit the old play button there and then consume it that way. I don't know. Just curious. Let me know. Tommy at alwaysbebooked.com. I would like to, at the start of the show, remind you that we have a Facebook group. That's right. It is Always Be Booked Cruise and Travel Lounge on Facebook. That is the spot where you want to be a part of the community. That's the thing that's going to live forever and it's going to be everywhere. And it's just going to be somewhere where you can kind of have a have a safe space, pardon the, the term, to talk about cruising the way you want to talk about cruising. It's the Always Be Booked Cruise and Travel Lounge on Facebook. Check it out. But today, we got stuff to talk about, ladies and gentlemen. We got to talk about uh, FDR. And I don't mean the president. I mean Frank Del Rio. That's right. We're going to talk about him, his uh, current status as a new, he's, he's a newly appointed golfing and fisherman. I believe, uh, talking about Norwegian with the E-Musters, some changes happening there. We're going to talk about the replacements in the restructuring of Norwegian's, I guess, what would you say, corporate structure. Uh, we'll talk about a, a tragic story in Honduras, unfortunately. Uh, we'll talk about a triumphant rescue at sea. And we talked last week about Guinness and their world records, we had some more records broken this week. Let's start the show. Oh, we back for another one, right? <laughs> Bags are packed. Hey, Tommy, you ready? Let's go. We going in. Hey. It's the night before the cruise And if I'm honest, I ain't sleeping But even if I could, I'd be dreaming About this weekend, all the fun we about to have Best we taking this vacation Always be booked on our way to embarkation Cause we know what's in store Pockets and palm trees, tropical sea breeze And frozen daiquiris, oh please Thank you sir, yes I think I'll have another Please don't blow my cover, cause I'm passing on the muster Bring a lover, bring a friend, bring someone you just met It ain't snowing where we going And the good times never end Here's the five more years, drinking beers, running Pierce, thanks for giving us your ears through the laughter in the tears. But we just getting started out here. Give us a holler if you're looking, you can find us somewhere south of the Bahamas. Getting hotter as we go, cones and we united. So sound that horn, cause everybody's invited. All aboard, and welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Always Be Booked Cruise Cast Show. Coming to you, not quite live, from South Florida, Boca Raton, Palm Beach County, whatever you want to call it. Just call it sunny because it has been absolutely beautiful. This has to be the best time of year. And I want to tell you, just off the top, this place called Deerfield Beach is one of my favorite places on the planet you know you everybody gets the press when it comes to miami and fort lauderdale beach even palm beach places like this and that but there is a vibe on delray beach that, that deerfield beach i should say that is just second to none 
Yes, it does have options when it comes to places you could eat and drink. Yes, it's a quaint little surfer town. Yes, there are some ne'er-do-wells and some tomfoolerists out there. But during the day, walking that little Deerfield Beach strip is just beautiful. They do have a pier. The pier is not in the best shape. It's a little bit of an older pier, and it's not the biggest area. It's not even like it's not even as big as Lauderdale by the sea. But you know, when you like to have a boardwalk along the beach, there is no boardwalk, but it's basically a very, very comfortable wide sidewalk alongside a grassy knoll, separated by a small, like three foot wall that takes you right on the other side to the beach, and po- littered with palm trees, palm trees everywhere. I discovered a new side of it today. I didn't realize you can go around one of the condo buildings and then Deerfield Beach picks up. If you're in South Florida and you like a quaint kind of, and it's busy, it's bustling. There are things to do and people to see there, but it's just not overwhelming. You know what I'm talking about. South Beach, Fort Lauderdale, they can be a lot sometimes, you know, a lot of tomfoolerists there. A lot of crazy stuff going on. It doesn't really go go that way in Deerfield. Everybody kind of behaves themselves on in the beach area. You know, of course, when you get into some of the bars, it gets a little wacky. But that was nice, man. I'm going to try to commit to that. To try to get out, get down to Deerfield at least three or four times a week and make sure I do, you know, a couple of mile walk, incorporate that into my, my, my midlife crisis. If you're listening to the Patreon at all, I'm talking deeply about my uh, midlife crisis and some other wacky stuff going on. Uh, if you want to be a part of that, you go to patreon.com slash always be booked. Uh, patreon.com slash always be booked. I do five shows a week. On that channel, it's $8 a month, and it's where we dive a little bit deeper into cruising, a little bit more up-to-the-minute cruise news, because we only get together once a week here, twice if you count the Thursday conversation, but once for the regular show, and I go off the rails a little bit. If you like anything in terms of you know hearing me get a little crazy and talk a little bit more about my personal life and things that are happening in the world, in the wacky world of, uh, of Tommyville... That's where you're going to find that. If it's your type of thing, go check it out. If not, I certainly understand. Patreon.com slash always be booked. And uh, what else do we have? Instagram. What do I got to do to get some traction on Instagram? I've been active. I've been doing the hashtags. I've been trying to be creative. I've been trying to use trendy sounds, as they say. Uh, but really it's very hit or miss, you know, you see people out there, a couple of hundred likes, this and that. Listen, I'm not, I'm not out here trying to be the guy that's fighting city hall, but nonetheless, it is true. I guess I'll do this announcement up at the top of the show too. Um, I don't know, debate on this one, go back and forth, whether or not I should wait till it's actually true versus kind of give a little bit of a, I guess a little foreshadowing. I, I would like to do a little foreshadowing, I guess, because I think, you know, you guys deserve that. And it's been so many years through the laughter and the tears, running peers, drinking beers, all that crap. Uh, there is a chance that we're going to move on from this little podcast that could. There is a chance that, you know, when you think about things in life, all things have their time. There's a window. And uh, I think, you know, it, could 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 it be dread that listen this is what the goal was to come down here and possibly make this a full-time income uh 
you know, and I wasn't expecting to be able to make a full-time income in six months. But what I, what I was expecting was a level of progress that would give me some sort of indication that that was possible. But there's just too much in the way, I think, as far as, you know, there's a lot of other people out there. You know what I mean? There's a lot of other people that are doing this and doing it well and uh, putting out content that, you know, like I say, I'm not trying to be the get off my lawn, lawn bitter old man, but, you know, I've been doing this a while and I'll just pop on YouTube and I'll see people who literally have been doing it 10 minutes, uh, you know, 10 minutes, but, you know, six months, a year, two years, and they're just lapping me when it comes to content. And here's the thing, too. Uh, I don't think necessarily it has to be a sad thing. I think it could be a celebrated thing. I think we can ride off into the sunset. And those of you who are fans, uh, big time, loyal over the years, uh, long-term fans, which I know you're out there, uh, let's celebrate what this thing is and what it was. You know, nothing is made to stay and last forever. Your favorite show on TV comes to an end at some point. You know, bands break up. All that stuff happens. Here's what I don't want. What I don't want is a bunch of emails saying, Tommy, you got to see this through. Uh, I have talked about this on the Patreon, so people do know. And you've heard me on this show hint to it. But we look like we're getting towards that time. And in, unless there's something freaking drastic, uh, I, don't, I don't know. I don't see it really uh, going that way per se. So I think the writing is on the wall. And and I'll just ask, you know, just respect that this is a decision that has to be made for me. This is a decision where, like I've said, I've dedicated a lot of times to time to this. I've been at my jobs that I've actually made that actually do pay me. I've been at those jobs a lot. And I've been, you know, what do you want to say? 70% in because the reality is my mind was always here. My heart, my soul was always here. And I was always going to be a little regretful if I didn't try to do it, really, really try to do it full time. And here's the other thing. I think there is a pathway to make this work. I think I could do it. I think I could eventually tip past. And if I just did it methodically and hung in there and stayed the course and fought through it, I could probably break through and get to what I would consider a full-time income. But the way it's looking is that that is just going to take a little bit more time than I'm able to kind of give right now. I do not want to be uh, nervously looking at my bank account anymore. I do not want to get an offer to uh, go somewhere on a trip and have to look at numbers. I do not want to have to, you know, be able to think twice before I go to New York and see my family because, no, I'm a struggling artist and I'm trying to make ends meet. I do not want to have to question whether or not, you know, go, go out with friends or, 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 you know, God forbid someone of the opposite sex on a date, anything like that. I got to measure it. And I, I, and that's not where I want to be. You know what I mean? It's not where I want to live. That's not where I want to exist in. I know a lot of you are going to be like, no, Tommy, you know, you got to keep going. You got to, and I do get the emails and in one hand, they do encourage me and I do feel good about them. But on the other hand is I'm going to ask that we trust my judgment and what I got to do and me knowing what I got to do going forward. And while, yes, I know that there's people, listen, you want me to do the proverbial pat on the own back? Yeah, I do. I think I have a little bit of a talent for this. I think there's a little bit of a natural skill set within me that lends itself to be eventually pretty good at this type of thing. Is it 
professional level? Maybe it is. Could it be? Maybe it can. Uh, but for whatever reason, it's not taking, it's not sticking. And there are other opportunities out there for me to where I can, you know, push past that six figure income and be in a position of power and maybe have it lead to bigger and better things. I had never really kind of shout out to Debbie Parker. Because Debbie Parker's always given that wise win, win, wisdom. And uh, sometimes when, you know, I, I, I'm going to butcher this saying, but, you know, one time, uh, sometimes when, you, uh, when you're when you not catching the wind and the wind isn't blowing your way, you got to adjust your sales, you know, your sales, not sales and marketing, your sales, the mast and the, what do you call them? The canvas sales. And that's where we're at. I feel better. I feel good because you know what? I would hate to go back not having tried this out. I think I think the ultimate thing was is that YouTube is the hot spot to be right now. I think, again, I think I could eventually carve out a little bit of a niche on YouTube for myself. But I do think right now that is a very, very, very crowded space to try to pull that off at. Uh, It's not my comfort zone. My comfort zone is doing this right here, talking to you guys as you guys are getting your mail, as you guys are walking your dog, as you guys are on your treadmill, being in your ear. I like being in your ear and not necessarily having to uh, have you have to watch me or have to, you know, I want to be eye independent. I want to be a companion to you. I want to be under your pillow. I want to be all that stuff. You know what I mean? That's where I want to be. But at this point, the, um, it, it doesn't, it doesn't seem like that's where the money is. The money is in the YouTube which will travel over to maybe a travel agency, which will travel over to an affiliate program, which will travel over to a merch shop, all that stuff. But it does seem like YouTube is the main thing and it is the saturated spot. And, uh, you know, could keep doing this. We could, we could, but realistically, if you're really going to break it down, I think you'd probably understand where I'm coming from when I say, I got to focus. I got to focus on making money. I got to focus on these next 20 years, making sure that I pad that account and maybe get 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 ahead in a certain uh, you know profession that I do know that I may have to learn to fall in love with. Uh, but I am I have achieved a level of expertise in and that's just where it has to be. You know what I mean? I, I, I know you guys do understand as disappointing as it might be. Some of you are like, OK, see ya. Let's, uh, and some of you might be, you know, oh, that really sucks. But either way, I will ask that you do respect. And I'm not saying anything's definite now. There's no, this is not a formal announcement. This is not, I repeat, this is not a formal announcement. So there is still time. (laughs) If my YouTube subscribership doubles, if my listenership, if some sponsor calls me out of nowhere and wants to sponsor the podcast over the next couple of weeks all that stuff there is still time but we are in talks there are meetings going on and uh you know what that means we've been down this road before ladies and gentlemen frank del rio how about that speaking of changing careers (laughs) listen this is crazy because frank del rio has announced his retirement and uh, this is going to be in, in, in effect officially on June 30th of this year. Now, he's also giving up his seat on the board of directors. 
a lot of changes, man. A lot of changes at, at Norwegian Cruise Line Holdings. He will stay on as an advisor to the board through 2025. You know, I'm not sure necessarily what capacity that's going to be in. But again, you know, they always do that. These big time corporate transitions, you know, he'll stay on as an, as an advisor for a while, which A, is a figurehead thing, but also does make sense because, you know, he's he's walked the walk. He's talked the talk. He's been in that saddle before, so you know any information uh, or advice that can be given is probably well received. He's had a decorated career spanning three decades, and he's been a well-respected industry giant during that time. He held his current position as uh, president of Norwegian Cruise Line Holdings since 2015. So let's put that in in perspective. So Norwegian Cruise Line Holdings is the parent company of cruise lines, Norwegian Cruise Line, uh, Silver Seas. No, no, no. I'm sorry. Region Seven Seas and Oceana. So, you know, that's not to be confused with just Norwegian. He ran the whole show. This was the proverbial big dog. Uh, uh, prior to his position that he got in 2015, he was the the guy behind cruise lines like Oceana and Regent. And Del Rio actually founded Oceana Cruises, and that kind of gave a little bit of a, you know, they're saying it was kind of almost like a new genre, a new market type within the industry, and they dubbed it Upper Premium. Uh, so I guess maybe not necessarily on the level of Crystal Cruises, but also slightly above that of Princess and um, you know Celebrity. During his time at the helm, Del Rio oversaw the launch of eight new cruise ships and Norwegian's private island, the second private island, Harvest K, the one in Belize uh, that you can never go to because of high wind and they want to save money. Kidding! Kidding. Stepping in to lead the charge is, is another familiar face in the organization. I don't know if you've heard of this guy, Harry J. Summer. He was the CEO of Norwegian Cruise Lines. You guys know that distinction I laid out before. So he was just Norwegian Cruise Line. Summer is no rookie himself. He has also 30 plus years in the game and he seems to bring a lot of enthusiasm. So we will see what happens in that transition. We do have a quote and this is from FDR himself. He says, leading Norwegian Cruise Line holdings has been one of the most rewarding experience of my professional career. Uh, my heartfelt gratitude goes out to our 39,000 team members around the globe whose innovation, tenacity, and collaboration have strengthened this company and built the industry's most passionate and loyal base of cruisers. With the company's with the company solidly positioned for 2023 and beyond, I am confident that now is the right time to pass the baton to Harry. Having worked closely with Harry for decades, I know firsthand that his talent and skills... Imagine being able to say that. I worked with this guy for decades. In other words, this guy's been breathing up down my neck and wanting my job for decades. Okay, Harry. Jay Summer. You wanted it? You got it. It's an old Sturgill Simpson song called... You can have the crown. I'm just kidding. I don't know the situation. I know for the continuing with FDR. This is him now. 
I know firsthand that his talent and skills are ideally suited to take this company to its next era. I look forward to continuing to work closely with Harry, the board, our management team during the coming months to ensure a seamless transition. And I am delighted to continue to serve as the senior advisor as the board after the transition. So and that'll go through 2025. Uh, so, yeah, there's a lot of speculation. I would love to know what you guys think. Tommy at alwaysbebooked.com. You're hearing many, many uh, cruise analysts just kind of giving you the details, telling you what the deal is. Listen, he said he retired. He retired. There's other cruise analysts that are out there saying in no way, shape, or form was this a voluntary retirement. No possible way. This just doesn't make sense. He's too young. Uh, he's in he he's he's too involved he's this he's that so it's worth it it's at least worth discussing whether or not we think that this is a forced move by the company because they wanted to go in another direction or is this fdr really wanting to ride off into the sunset because see my thing is i gotta i'm i know i'm a natural cynic i agree but the thing is i think you'd have to expect it you'd have to assume that there's very good reason to believe that he was politely nudged out the back door because of the fact there's so many things in play. You know, the one thing you got to give Frank Del Rio, and I respect the shit out of him for this, is the way he handled things during the pandemic. He was up there at those hearings. He was saying exactly what we wanted to hear. He was saying exactly the things that we wanted to say. He, you know, he partnered up with Richard Fain with Royal Caribbean, and they were going at the CDC. They were not playing around. And I truly believe, and I'll say this, and shout out to Tiffany Cruising Diva. She's been a little hard on him, rightfully so. I have too. But what I will say is that I. You know, I truly believe, and I said it, that the CDC was not moving a muscle on COVID. Uh, I'm sorry, a cruising resumption as a, a, a as a result of COVID. They weren't. They were stonewalling us. They were stonewalling the industry. And it wasn't until Frank Del Rio said, "You know what? It's lawsuit time." And that's when you started seeing the framework for a resumption. You start seeing all the different plans that were abandoned, you know, all of the stuff that they thought about putting in play regarding bringing cruising back, the test sailings, the, you know, sailings out of the Bahamas and whatever they were doing. You just saw a lot of the things that were coming into play that were loosening things up. They, the, the wall was breaking down once a gentleman like Frank Del Rio got up there, stood in front of Congress like it was like he was Scarface. Like he was Tony Montana screaming at the top of his lungs, threatening lawsuits. And then he finally got, you know, some traction. So I think for that and that alone, you got to give this guy a lot of credit. And uh, also, yeah, like you say, you know, through the pandemic, there were just these monsters out there. You had Arnold Donald with Carnival. You had Richard Fain going on the air with his with, with his great haircut, uh, doing his thing, and then you had Frank Del Rio making noise at these meetings, at these uh, you know these these hearings, and they all did a great job in their own little way there. But you know, I don't know, I don't know. I think the the reason I think he was pushed out too was because we know Norwegians a mess right now. 
And if Frank Del Rio is as competitive as his profile shows, he does not want to leave Norwegian like this. He knows he got a bad hand. So here's what happened. It was a bad hand. He was not able to operate for two years. It was a disaster. And he wanted to be the guy, you know, based on all the rising interest rates and all the bad loans that they had to take out and all the labor shortages and the supply, all the obstacles. He did have a bit of a, of a built-in excuse. It was going to be a tough road back no matter what. But he went hard at a philosophy. He went hard and we all knew it was controversial. We all know it's controversial to start nickeling, diming like it's like it's going out of style. We all know that it's controversial and a big risk to just blatantly say that don't expect discounts. We're overcharging, if anything. This is a premium line. Expect to pay more. And he didn't just tell people that the investors that in the uh, in, in in the quarterly meetings. He would say that regularly in the news. He would say, no, price is going up. We're charging you more. Get the experience. Get ready. And now if he would have did the if he would have delivered on the experience, who knows what that would have led to. But ports of call were being missed. Housekeeping sessions were being cut. Staff shortages were in play. Port charges for ports that were not not not, uh, not hit were not being returned. Food options were dwindling. Late night venues that were supposed to be 24-7 had been closed earlier than they should be. And if you go across the board, literally the board, the Facebook, you want to call the message. I mean, the groups, everybody was saying everybody had issues with Norwegian. And he took a stand. If it would have worked, he would have been a hero. It didn't work. I think he fell on that sword. He went out in a blaze of glory. And I think it just didn't work. And I think, you know, they said, you know, listen, and I don't know if it was hostile. He may have said it to, you know, it probably wasn't hostile. It doesn't sound like it was hostile, but I don't know. But other people don't see it like that. Other people say, no, this is guy. He wanted to retire. He's old. He wanted, he's wanted to retire long ago. Shout out to Daniel Fields. Daniel Fields said that. Now he was, he wanted to retire before the pandemic, but then the pandemic hit and he couldn't retire. He had to, oh, if you're not going to do it now, why not see them all the way back? You know, is Frank Del Rio the type of guy that's going to want to see himself ride off into the sunset voluntarily and then read the newspaper clippings and see Harry J. Summer triumphantly take the company back to glory? That ain't Frank Del Rio style. So I don't know. It's all speculation. But, you know, I guess you I would love to hear what you guys think. Tommy at alwaysbebooked.com. And we're going to stay on Norwegian because I can't imagine that this is coincidentally. But, you know, one of the major things that people were complaining about with 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 Norwegian was that they were the only major cruise line to to go back to the original original form of the mustard drill. So that that was that announcement came in the first major post del rio era the uh, norwegian announced that they will go back to the original mustard drill the e i'm sorry the e mustard drill as we know pre-pandemic the mustard drills were what they were you had to crowd around and you know 
basically cough on each other and be quiet and get yelled at for being on your phone and being up on that deck. Uh, when cruising restarted, it was like a little bit of a win-win that we're restarting cruising and you know, under, and it's legitimate. You didn't want people to be that close to each other. So as part of the way to keep people safe on cruise ships and mitigate the spread, they made it so that the, uh, the, the, the mustard drill was now done electronically. And this made sense long-term. This is something that can stay in place. And yes, cruise lines did find that there were issues and problems with that, uh, based on people not getting it done, uh, getting lost, and I guess, you know, maybe multiple people having to, you know, I, I always said that about the e-muster drill. I didn't understand how that works because even though you do the e-muster drill and you watch the video at your leisure, you still had to go down and learn how to do the life life uh, preserver, the life jacket. And I just can't imagine how many, because anytime I've done it, I've never done with done it with more than four or five people. And I can't imagine how many times that had to be demonstrated by the by the crew members. I mean, over and over and over and over and over again. So that seemed to me like it was a little bit of an issue, but who knows. But, you know, when Norwegian decided that they're going to go back to the traditional mustard drill, that was just not well received. I mean, they were rusty for it too. You know, this is something that they have been doing for what? Since Costa Cruise Line, Costa Concordia, I think. So they've been doing it for close to 20 years and they had it down pat. When they stop doing it for a while, naturally, you're going to try to pick it back up. It's not going to be as organized as you want it to be. So that created a lot of problems, too. So it was a little bit of a miserable part of the cruise for a lot of people. Carnival and Royal Caribbean decided to fight through it and keep the e-muster. Norwegian decided, you know, we're going back to the regular. Frank Del Rio's out today. And on the day of. See, I wouldn't have been this insulting. I would have waited a week or so, just as a courtesy to Frank. But on the day of his retirement, they bring back the e-muster on Norwegian. I mean, applaud. I'm applauding it. Welcome. Welcome back. I'm very, very happy about it. But, uh, yeah, I think it was a little bit of a, of a flex. We have a quote. In an effort to enhance the onboard guest experience while keeping the safety of our guests and crew at uh, our top priority... We will reinstate the e-muster drills through our online check-in for sailings beginning April 1st, 2023. That was from a spokesperson at Norwegian Cruise Line. They continue, we are committed to delivering an exceptional and safe experience on board and as such will continue to actively evaluate and modify our best processes for best practices. All right, but here's the thing. We're not done. We're not done with Norwegian just yet, so we got to go back to Del Rio. We all know that he is out. In his place is former Norwegian Cruise Line CEO Harry J. Summer. So that leaves one more question. Who is taking over Norwegian Cruise Line? The job will go to a gentleman by the name of David J. Herrera. I don't know what's with all the middle initial J's here, that this is a Norwegian thing, Harry J. Summer, David J. Herrera, this is what's going on. But hey, listen, what am I, what, who am I to judge here? We got the J middle name crew coming in, coming in hot. Herrera is currently Norwegian's chief consumer sales and marketing officer. He's had leadership roles throughout the company, including roles as senior vice president of brand finance, strategy and consumer research vice president, senior VP of corporate development, and president 
of NCLH China. Uh, Harry J. Sumler sa- Summer says David J. Herrera is the man for the job. He calls him a key contributor to the company's overall success, and he's very confident that he will continue to guide Norwegian on an accelerated path forward. Uh, his duties will be to create and execute the overall strategy and business plan for the entire company. No pressure, sir. Uh, we do have a quote. This is from Mr. Uh, Herrera. He says, I am honored and humbled to be given the opportunity to lead the passionate and incredible team at Norwegian Cruise Line, as well as to continue to work alongside Harry and our stellar leadership group to build on our strong momentum. That was by that was from David J. Herrera, incoming president of Norwegian Cruise Line. He continues that it's going to be another milestone year for us as we continue uh, the Prima Class rollout. I am looking forward to leading our team and guests along this exciting journey. So, listen, you guys know how it goes. Everybody says the right things. These statements are read, written, proofread, proofread again, and then filtered out to you guys. So you take them all with a grain of salt, and you know they're kind of uh, a lot of a lot of canned jargon that goes into them. But you know, everybody looks good, bright-eyed, bushy-tailed, and ready to go. Sometimes. Change is good. Sometimes people are reinvigorated. You know what I mean? I'm sure Frank Del Rio had his faction, his crew. You know, that's the thing. Everybody has positions. Everybody has job titles. But the truth is, is that there's a lot of politics in any, you know, corporate structure. So while people may have had official titles, Frank Del Rio may have relied on his people, regardless of what their title is, to, I guess, kind of advise him through the murky waters of what Norwegian has been going through. Now there's new leadership, so now there's going to be new, I guess, what would you say, allies of that leadership, regardless of titles, regardless of what they're saying in their canned statements, you know, Things have been shaken up over at Norwegian, and you're going to see some, uh, expect some new stuff, and expect everybody to be going hard. You know what I mean? Everybody in those corporate offices, would they say 39,000 employees? When there's a new boss, people tend to perk up a little bit, so we will see. All right, we have a very, very tragic story that we have to get through. Uh, A gentleman passed away in Honduras. Very unfortunate story here. He jumped from a dock in Roatan. The gentleman's name is is public at this time but let's leave that alone out of respect for him and his family he was 52 years old he was on a royal caribbean cruise on allure of the seas and uh, i don't know how many kids he had with him but he did have his wife uh, with him and he had and he does have four kids so that's just an awful excruciating story um this is certainly a newsworthy tra- tragedy. I don't like talking about this stuff but it's out there and i'd be a little remiss if i didn't just kind of Go over a little bit quick and tell you guys what happened here. So the family was sailing out of Galveston on Allure of the Seas. Apparently there was a wooden structure that seemed to have no current purpose on in Roatan. People are speculating that it may have been a zip line that is no longer, uh, I guess, in usage. But, you know, it stopped running years ago. So it's a pretty simple story. I guess uh, the gentleman was feeling a little bit adventurous and he decided to dive into the water from said wooden structure that nobody knows what it was for uh it looks like from the wooden structure it looks like a little bit of a dock it looks like a 10 to 15 or so foot drop 
And apparently when he hit the water, something was under there and he hit his head. And, you know, family noticed that he didn't come out of the water, started uh, alerting authorities, started alerting other people on the beach, started panicking, as you would imagine. And when he was pulled from the water, he succumbed to those blows. It was a very, very bizarre situation because they did bring him out out to the beach. And it was clear that, you know, they tried to work on him, but it was clear that he was not going to make it. There was just too much blunt force trauma. And uh, the, the weird thing is that they, there's some sort of a strike going on down there to where, you know, the, 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 the organization that's supposed to come and handle this type of thing, uh, they weren't able to get there. So he, he lied dead on the beach for hours. I think they said four hours. And then he was eventually brought back onto the ship. And I guess they would place him in the morgue. But uh, a really, really horrible story. And, you know, we we all think about cruising and we all rightly so think about all the joy that comes with cruising and all the fun times we have and it's just pure cruise bliss and everybody's happy and everybody's smiling around every corner and uh you know when you do have this many sailings that go out and this many people who have you know taken to the high seas and chosen cruising as their form of form of vacation you have it's just going to be normal that there's going to be incidents like this every once in a while. And they are very, very sad. And my heart goes out to the family and, uh, it's it's just really, really sad. And my thoughts are with them and I'm sure yours are as well. Um, princess midnight rescue. So in a little bit more of a positive note here, princess cruises had a midnight rescue. So imagine this it's midnight. You're somewhere off the coast of Victoria, Australia. You're on a boat. You got another passenger, maybe your spouse, not really sure who the who the other person. There was a man and a woman. But the boat, you know, your boat is pretty reliable. Something seems to be going wrong though. These are very unforgiving seas. Maybe I don't know what level of experience you are as a as a as a as a as a as a boat operator, but there's a problem. And it's apparent that this boat is gonna go down. And you need to, and I guess this is pretty high-tech equipment here. They were fairly well-prepared, thankfully, because that's not always the case. And in the dead of the night like this, you got to be. But they have to board what they had on board, an emergency dinghy. So the problem is that there's no help in sight. It's pitch black. The waves are crashing over this boat. Your only hope is this flare gun that you have. So you shoot it off. This big beacon shoots up. Officials on land see it. And they noticed that the Grand Princess is fairly close. So they reach out to them and ask them, hey, listen, can you conduct this rescue? And, you know, like we all know, all large ships and boats that are capable of it, uh, I guess uh, maritime law states that you're supposed to be able to go back and help any uh, smaller vessels that may be in distress. So this is what happened here. Um What exactly happened was that the early hours of March 20th, these two sailors uh, could not have been any luckier. The rescue mission was not easy. You would think they would, would, you know, pull the ship up alongside and maybe deploy a lifeboat. They couldn't even get a lifeboat because this ship, the boat that they were on was so small. uh, They had to get some sort of a smaller rescue craft. And there's video on this. And this video is crazy because these are two. Now, these two boats that are out there, one that's a dinghy that's not meant for the waves it's in and the rescue vehicle. 
they are basically dwarfed by these waves. And you're seeing, you know, while there's not necessarily a lot of white water, you're just seeing swells that will just change the traje trajectory of these boats to where, like, it's just scary. It's scary to watch. But the rescue was made. The mission wasn't easy. Uh, it was awesome. It was great. They got them on. There were no injuries whatsoever. They made the transfer. And you got to just say, you know, great job by Princess Cruises. Uh, thankfully, these people seem to have a high level of preparation in place for an incident like this. You never want to see this happen. I don't know if there was uh, recklessness going on. I don't want to assume anything, again, for agreement style. But they needed a rest. They needed to be rescued. They were rescued. And, uh, you know, it was because of a few things. Because there was a Norwegian ship near there. And because they were prepared. They had a dinghy. They had a, 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 a flare gun. They had these things that were going to be in a... They were going to put them in a position to get themselves rescued so happy ending there and uh we love that all right let's talk about symphony of the seas they broke a record last week we talked a lot about records on msc and uh the guinness book of world's records partnering up with msc this week it's all about royal caribbean now since royal has by far the biggest mega ships on the high seas it's no surprise that they would be the ones to set hold and maintain this record okay so what are we talking about we're talking about the record for most people on board a moving vessel for a transatlantic cruise here's the breakdown we have 5350 passengers we have 2224 crew members and that's going to give us a total of 7,604 souls on board Sailor's Prayer. That sets a new damn world record. Streamers. Confetti. Marching band. We got a record, guys. Symphony left Miami on March 9th and got to Malaga on, or Malaga, whatever you want to say it, however I'm supposed to say it, on March 19th. The cruise ended yesterday on march 21st in barcelona but not before making history i want to give a big congratulations to the ship the company everyone on board and i want to give a shout out to our friends we have a youtubers Corey from midship on board and jennifer who has a channel called the cruise nerd or cruise nerd uh awesome news guys and congratulations to you guys. And I think there's some other vloggers and bloggers that were on there too. And congratulations to all of you guys for being a part of history. Uh, speaking of uh, Corey and Jen, that might actually be twice in a couple of months that they made history, right? They were on the, the vloggers cruise. So that would make them, if, I don't know. I'm not saying, I'm not saying that I know that they were, you know, we, all of us on that cruise were responsible for bringing the e-muster back i could tell you there was a lot of noise made there were heavyweights making a lot of noise i mean don went off don terrace he went off we all said our piece but he he got he got called frank del rio put a call into him i don't know if i'm just making that up that's not but if you watch one of don's videos he got a mysterious call from norwegian or somebody representing norwegian maybe indirectly or directly i'm not sure but on behalf of norwegian creepy shit there but there was so much what do you think's gonna happen you screw it up that bad and everybody who's you know basically youtube vlogging 
is going to be on board. You want, you might want to, if there's in the hierarchy of cruises, you want to get right and not have any hiccups, not nickel and dime, not give unforeseen, unexpected, whatever's that's probably the cruise you're going to want to get right. But I don't know. Was it a result of that cruise? Cause everybody was complaining about the mustard drill on that cruise. It, 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 did the vloggers cruise do it in that case? You know, I'd be a part of that, you know, Tony, Don, Jamie, Sharon, you know, John, the ship show, everybody would have a hand, you know, so maybe start calling us, writing us, thank us. We, I'd like a personal thank you. No, but then, so you got, you got, you got, and, and, you know, (laughs) did we get Frank Del Rio fired? I don't think so. I don't think so. But for real, congratulations to everybody on that sailing. That's actually cool. If I was on that ship and I knew I had that information, I'd be a little proud of it. I, although I had nothing to do with it. It didn't I had nothing to do with the fact that I didn't I didn't handle the booking. It wasn't my achievement, but nonetheless, I'd still have a little bit of pride that I was a part of it. Um, reminds me of my Cubist. I don't know. I'm going to tell that story now. What are we doing here? Um, all right. That's it for the cruise news. Let's get into Tommy's top five. And this week I wanted to go into Tommy's top five small to mid-sized ships that I've ever been on. These are ships that I would say maybe either smaller or older, not necessarily the newest, latest, and greatest with all the bells and whistles in the particular cruise line's fleet. And um, I just wanted to talk like we all know that, you know, we love mega ships. We love all the different accoutrements that can come on a lot of these cruise ships. But I don't know, like sometimes it's nice to strip it down and enjoy the simple life on a cruise and have an experience that you would unlike un, uh, uh, have an experience that would be unlike that of a, me- a mega ship. Sometimes it's because of just a, 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 you know, it's like if you, everybody loves the regular version of your favorite song, but how much do you enjoy it when the main artist from the group just pulls up a stool, grabs a guitar and gives you that acoustic version? We love that, right? So we could extrapolate that out to cruising, can't we? All right. So here we go. Number five, Norwegian Sky. Great, great cruise ship. Yes, old. Uh, I didn't notice any particular smells on this ship. I thought it had a very nice, beautiful blue, royal blue hue to it. Uh, I thought the food was good. I loved it when we went to Cuba. And I got to say, you know, they knew how to throw a nightlife party. This was the cruise where, you know, we try, you try to meet, uh, meet meeting, meeting ladies on the ship. And, you know, you go to the bar and it's funny because everybody had the drink package. If you were on this cruise ship, you have the drink package. So if you're trying to meet a young lady, what do you say? You say, hey, let me buy you a drink. No, jerk off. I don't need you to buy me a drink. I got the drink package just like you. Everybody in the ship has a drink package. So that's why we were, you know, but at the, at the same token, big bottles of water were like eight bucks. So we got water bottle service and we were out there, yo, honey, we got the water over here, you know, because you had to, had to pay. So it was a running joke, but we were like, we got a kick out of it. So like the only thing that wasn't free and pretty expensive, might I add, was, you know, bottles of water. So we were lining our table up with bottles of water, joking around. And, you know, some people thought it was funny. Some people thought we're, uh, yeah, it's funny. It's great. Leave me alone. Um, (laughs) 
we had fun either way. But I liked it. I liked the ship. I liked the whole experience. It was great. I liked the theater. Uh, they were very... See, the thing was is that if you a lot of these ships, they make up you, for what they don't have in the hardware, they make up for in the software. So like the buffet was a little limited and they knew that the buffet was a, limited, a little limited so they couldn't do as much as they'd want to do. But what do they do? They make sure it's available 24 hours a day. So there's like a little bit of a trade-off. You get a lot of trade-offs with smaller ships. All right, number four, Norwegian Gem, the old reliable, the new, the ship that if it could talk, it would say, hey, hey, don't. The ship is just so New York. It spends so much time in New York. It has to have a New York accent by now. But, you know, I loved it. The first time I was on, this was the second cruise ship I was ever on. No, sorry, third third cruise ship i was ever on and i loved it i talked to you guys last week about the spinnaker lounge uh bliss as creepy as it was with all the weird beds and the statues which they've renovated now and they don't exist anymore thankfully uh i liked bar city which was basically six different venues that they'll tell you is six different venues but they're not they're uh it's one venue but you know almost like four different bars at it that are named different things uh uh, what else about the Norwegian gem that I love? I love the great outdoors. Yes, there's no pool back there. There's no hot tubs back there. There's no big parties back there. But when you want to talk about if you like to go to the gym in the morning and then afterwards you want to get your cup of, cup of coffee and you get your fruit plate, really nice place to go on the back of the ship, the great outdoors. Love the Norwegian gem. Uh, love the Pearl too, sister ship. I was lucky enough to have one of my greatest ex- experiences on a cruise ship on the Norwegian Pearl, which is the sister ship to the Norwegian Gem, so we could kind of package them together. The Florida Georgia Line cruise that had Dustin Lynch, Sam Hunt, a uh, bunch of other artists on it as well. It was phenomenal. It was such a great freaking time, and uh, that ship was built perfectly for it. Number three, the first ever cruise ship that I was ever on, the Carnival Miracle. I just have a passion for the Miracle. Yes, a little bit of a sentimenticity to it because of the fact that it was my favorite. Uh, I'm sorry, my first cruise ship. And yeah, my favorite cruise ship when I just got on. But uh, it, it got such good reviews when I was getting on it. People were talking about how great it wasn't the biggest ship by any stretch, but it did have an aft pool. It did have that great room that I loved. The, um, the, 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 what is it? the the alice in wonderland room wonderland the uh is that what it is no not wonderland that's a restaurant on royal caribbean uh what's the name of the what was the name of the lounge but it was basically looking it looked like uh alice in wonderland i'll remember it at some point i loved um and people don't love this and this is farkas at its best the guy has to be on some drugs he has to have some sort of a history with mushrooms at some point because he built a nightclub that had a two-story Frankenstein in the middle of the day. Well, not in the middle, but in the middle, but up against the wall on the dance floor uh, that was just watching over you. So at any time you're in the Carnival Miracle, uh, you're, you're, you're dancing with Frankenstein, a giant Frankenstein. Uh, they had Gatsby's Retreat, Gatsby's Garden Retreat, a beautiful very very beautiful area of the ship and the ship was just very very i guess there was a theme you know the theme of the ship was fictional characters so it wasn't uh steakhouse was not 570 steakhouse or whatever they call it 750 whatever the, whatever the number is it was nick and Nora's steakhouse and that was a cool part of the steakhouse too was that if you're in the steakhouse 
you're basically in the funnel. And you're kind of like, I guess it's an optical illusion or it's just creative design or whatever. You're probably not in the funnel actually, but you know, you, you the funnel on the Carnival Miracle, half of it's made out of glass. And if you look into that glass, you're in the steakhouse. It's kind of cool. All right, number f- number two. Uh, this isn't necessarily a small ship, but it's pretty old. The Navigator of the Seas. I just really loved what they did with the upgrades on this, with the Lime and Coconut Bar, with El Loco Fresh, and some of the other features, the cabanas on board. Uh, just a very, very nice cruise ship, a comfortable cruise ship. They took everything that was the nuts and bolts of the Voyager class, and it's a good class of ships. It's a good solid setup, but it was pretty basic. And then with the amplification, they took it and made it not so basic. You had your uh, Playmaker Sports Bar. Uh, you had your, um, you know, all, all the all the new stuff that they did with the amplifications. They did that. Uh, and and it was just, we really love Lime and Coconut. Lime and Coconut was cool. And they did what they were trying to do on that cruise ship for a while. Uh, well, they, well, I'm saying future cruises cruise ships that they amplified i don't think they did it as well as they did it on the navigator which was create a little bit of a vibe at night when the sun was going down on the lime and coconut bar for years royal caribbean go inside sun's down go inside go inside we want you inside go inside that's what they want on navigator of the seas that switched up a little bit. The lime and coconut invited you to stay outside a little bit and enjoy a little bit of a backyard patio type of feel, like a little block party type of feel. And I don't really think they continued with that. I wish they would have gotten uh, a little bit more traction with that, but it wasn't to be. And my number one small to mid-sized older-ish type ship is, drum roll, anybody want to guess? Take some time. Guess what do you got? You know what I. You know what small ships I have been on, and you know which one I haven't mentioned yet. Yes, that is shockingly. If you would have heard me say this five years ago, you would have spit out your drink. The Carnival Paradise. That is right. The Carnival Paradise. This is the best example of really enjoying what I love about old Carnival. The glitz, the glamour, the Vegas style mirrored everything. Chrome everything. So it just lends itself. It sets you up to kind of want to party in general. Kind of want to let your hair down. That type of thing. But it had everything that you'd want on a Carnival ship. With the Guy's Burgers. With the Blue Iguana Cantino. With the, the Carnival Deli. With the nightclub, this was the best, one of the best parties I've ever had on a carnival ship. The Serenity After Dark party on the back of this ship went off. It was a great freaking time. That's where I met the lovely Hillary. We had a nice night. It was a great, great, great cruise ship. And you could tell this was the perfect example of whatever is lacking in the hardware being completely made up for when you're talking about the software cruise director leon was a lunatic and he did a great job one of the other favorite nights i've ever had on a cruise ship uh was that atrium party i got a i got a real worthy or or or, or a a string of videos from that atrium party that i gotta post somewhere soon hopefully hopefully you guys will hook me up with the instagram give me a little love on instagram give me in that algorithm see where i gotta get to what do i gotta do you'll see 
I'm, I'm not saying everything on freaking my Instagram, the reels are all like, I'm not saying uh, Scorsese is going to drop out of a tree and try to recruit me. I'm not saying that. But I'm saying when I compare it to other stuff that's out there, I think it's comparable. And then somebody else is getting 750 likes. I don't know. Get off my lawn. Um, and that's pretty much it. All right, let's get into the emails. Hey, Cones. Sorry to interrupt Tommy's rambling, but I don't have a lot of time and I wanted to ask you about your next cruise. We know there are lots of decisions to make, such as, where do I want to go? How can I get the best deal? And which cruise line is right for me? Whether you're traveling solo, with friends, or your entire family, always be booked. We'll make sure we find the perfect cruise for you. You can book direct, but remember, cruise line representatives are going to operate in the interest of the cruise line. And don't get me started on those third-party websites. If you are looking for someone who is going to spend the time it takes to ensure that you find the cruise ship, ports of call, and excursions that are right for you, then go to alwaysbebooked.com or email tommy at alwaysbebooked.com. Let's face it, we are all searching for those moments of pure cruise bliss. And based on your detailed conversation with Tommy, we'll make sure it happens for you over and over again. For the most personal and detailed cruise planning assistance, reach out directly to Tommy and he will make the process as enjoyable as the cruise itself. Whoa, Morgan, don't you think we're exaggerating? Now, Tommy, please let me do my job. My bad. Always be booked. It's a podcast. It's a community. And dare I say, it's a lifestyle. Go to alwaysbebooked.com right now and let's start planning your next adventure at sea. Ladies and gentlemen, your emails. You know what I'm talking about when you go on a computer. You know what I mean? You got the, whether it's Google, Yahoo, I don't know what you do. You go and you write me an email. You listen to this show, you like cruising. Have you had a question or something thought-provoking about cruising, a correction, a commentary, anything? And, and I could put you on this show. You, your email can be put on this show by having me read it out loud. It's nice and easy. You're going to hear because I'm about to do it right now. And I'll, and I'll say a lot of times people consider it a lifeblood of the show. So what I'll do is get into those now. But before, I'd like to you, invite you to participate in the show by using Tommy at alwaysbebooked.com. That's my email address. You just write to me. This is what you do here. I'm telling you guys how email works. I'm helping you out a lot here. And uh, that's pretty much it. All right, let's get into it. Hey, Tommy, I'm running a Facebook cruise group for a Norwegian cruise line, Iceland-Greenland cruise in July. We will be on the Norwegian Star, a ship I have yet to sail on. Who the hell has sailed on the Norwegian Star? Where do you think would be a good venue for a meet and greet? Ryan, Ryan, I've not been on this ship. So what you did to me, and this is, you know, I want a little credit for this here. You put me to work a little bit. I had to watch a couple of ship tours, and I had to look at a couple of deck plans, and I had to do a little research to be able to answer your question. Now, of course, if you know of somebody who knows the ship a little bit better than I do, and if somebody has any types of opinions that might want to go in a different direction, that's fine. That's fine. Depends on a couple of things here. What time are you doing this? Now, July. Right, I know it's July, but it's still freaking Greenland. And what you want to do, so I'll give you three options, and I'll give you my final answer. If the weather is nice, if you're going to get a perfect day, 
there's no reason why you can't do it at the sky high bar. Yes, it's outside, it's in the elements, but at the same time, it's July, so it might be decent out there. You might get a good view. It's sail away. It's daytime. It's early, depending upon when you're doing it. So a possibility is the Sky High Bar, and that is on um, deck 14. Deck 14, and it's uh, forward, I believe. Yeah, forward. Another choice you have is a nice choice. I like this one. Gatsby's Champagne Bar. This is on deck six. It is kind of like right near restaurant row just outside the casino. Um, I like it because it's intimate. I like it because it's in the mix. People can, you know, if you want to pair that up with a slot pull, you could do that right there. And you got a good opportunity. It's a beautiful room. It really is a very, very nice room. Uh, so Gatsby's Champagne Bar. And then your third one, that I have, which is the most basic one that I'll say, but it's also ultimately my choice, my choice to do that. If I were you, I would do this and I'll tell you why it's a place called O'Sheehan's neighborhood bar and grill. I know everybody knows what it is. Everybody's been there, but it's your safest bet. You know, it's a little basic. It's a little ho-hum, but it is your safest bet. Because while it may be a cool thing to be outside and overlooking the mountains of Greenland, you never know about the weather. And if it's a little crowded and your group ends up being bigger than you thought it might be, Gatsby Champagne Bar might be a little tight. And the last thing you want to do is change it the day of. The idea behind these meet and greets and be getting people together is to make it as simple as possible. Okay, you're gonna lose a couple of people. Oh, I thought I was. I thought it was this. I thought I was here. If you put it in hands, you're not going to have to change the venue. So, for better or for worse, I would go the safe route and I would go with hands and then maybe make some connections while you're there. You maybe do it halfway through the sailing party up at the sky high, uh, the sky high bar. Tell everybody the place to be after dinner. We are all going to meet every night at the Champagne Bar. Meet us there. But to be safe and to assure that you will not have to move the venue, I would go with Oshi Hands. Let me know what you think. Anybody else? If anybody else has any advice for Bob on the Norwegian Star for a Greenland cruise in July, hit me up. Tommy at alwaysbebooked.com. Dear Tommy, I'm not telling you how you have to spend any money. You're in a tough situation. I love listening to you, and I want you to succeed. It appears your new YouTube videos of cruise ships have been doing very well. And I understand the cruise that you were talking about today on Patreon to Panama Canal would be expensive, but wouldn't you get more money because of all the YouTubes you could do about the trip and what you are seeing? Could that offset the price? Of course, I'm an older woman. We don't have to mention the name, right? And I would say that if you could make a profit by doing your YouTube, then maybe not having drinks would be worth it. But I know I'm a different age category than you are. Just a thought. Also, I understand your idea of silent disco, but I wanted to tell you that it's still great if not on a cruise ship. Uh, They are wonderful for students with autism because they can dance and be with other people without too much noise. Just a piece of trivia for you, Barbara. Barbara, thank you for the email. A couple of things to go over here. Uh, Yeah, I am in a tough situation, but 
we'll get out of the tough situation. We'll manage through it. We'll 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 file through. We'll we'll. Why can't I find the word? We'll power through and we'll get to where we got to be. You know, I put myself in a little bit of a tough situation because you know what? If I had, you know, I had a close brush when I was in New York with maybe starting to begin dating somebody a little bit. You know, we had a couple of dates and it was just those couple of dates and just the conversation about where might this go has you think in a whole different direction as far as, you know, can I be a starving artist, you know? Because if you go in that route, it's automatically you take the job. Take the job, commit to the career, you do not want to worry about money. But the reason why I've afforded myself the ability to kind of do this is because I am single and because I do have a little bit of that freedom, a lot of that freedom, that I don't necessarily have to provide for other people. So that affords me something that other people don't want. But at the same time, you know, this Princess Cruise that was a really good deal, it was going to be about $1,000 right now, though. Right now, I know it's not a lot of money for a cruise, and it's a great deal for a cruise, especially for 10 days. I just got to look at things. And unfortunately, I can't do it. And yes, the videos did do well. Some of the videos did do well. But Barbara, the problem is, is that even videos that do 10, 15, 20,000 views, we're still not there. We're still not, it's still not full-time income generating. Now, if I was doing one of those a day, we could be a little closer. We'd get, we'd get a little closer. I'd still have to rely on other things. I couldn't rely on just those videos. But no, the video that I would be able to make would not most likely compensate or come close to repaying me for that cruise. But I do like what you're thinking, and I like the idea. And yes, you mentioned uh, not getting the drink package. How dare you? <laughs> I'm kidding. I don't. I, I'm okay with not getting the drink package. I, I wouldn't necessarily need to do it, but it's the problem. Once you get, especially on a solo cruise, a solo cruise without the drink package, I don't know how well that works. I tried it on Explorer. Could you imagine my Explorer of the Seas solo trip? Solo on the Explorer, which is basic, with no other humans, no drink package, and no internet. Yeah, that was a rough cruise. That was a rough cruise. Still a great cruise. Again, streak is alive. Never had a bad cruise. But if you're grading on a curve, it's not going to be at the top. Not going to be at the top. Um, do we have, I thought we had another one. Do we have another one? Uh, Tommy, when you have time, check out the cut. The best is yet to come by Steven Bruton, uh, off his spirit word, spirit world LP. I think you'll like it. This is an excellent country song in its own right, but the lyrics could be about you brother. I thought of you immediately and think the world of you. Hope you did enjoy it. Bob, Bob, the, the moral of that story is that you thought of me and you think the world of me. And yes, I did hear the song. I put it on and it's a good song. It really, really is. You know, the problem is, Bob, while I think the world of you too, and I don't know you, but at the same time, please understand, I do. I know you. I don't know you, but I know you because the people who spend the time to listen to me talk on this microphone 
and the people who take the time to write me emails and then tell me they think the world of me. Yes, the feeling is right back at you. I think the world of you too. Uh, and I am that type of guy. I'm that sentimental guy. I'm that emo guy. Uh, you know, I told you about my movie selections. Oh, no, that was Patreon. Uh, <clears throat> but the reality is there comes a time when all the, you know, you got to find that balance between reality and inspiration. And as much as I want to hear the right song and have it, you know, smack me right back into creator mode and be like, you know what? You're going to do it. Rocky, Karate Kid style. You're going to make it happen against all odds. The little podcast that could is going to make it. I don't want to freaking be broke no more. I need money. <laughs> and uh, that's where we're at. That's where we're at. So, Bob, it means so much. And who knows? Like I said, I have not announced anything yet. I have not made an official decision yet. And still, who knows? We've got a couple of weeks here. Uh, what else do we have here? Is that it? All right. Would you rather have a lifetime of free cruising, only interior staterooms, but unlimited and non-transferable for you and the guest of your choice? <clears throat> All right. So what are we talking about here? So we're talking about interior staterooms. You could do as many as you want. You can't give them away. And you could bring the guest of your choice. Or receive free food and drinks at every restaurant on land for the duration of your life. Table for two. Also non-transferable. Daniel Roberts. Wow. Wow. Free cruising. I'd have to go with B. I mean, the cruising thing, you're tempted to jump all over because it's free cruising. But I think from a value standpoint, and if you're going to be realistic about having to, you know, this is this also t depends on your income too. Because if you could afford to live on a cruise ship, that would change, like, like free, location-independent employment, and you could live on a cruise ship, that would play into the, in that case, maybe I'd pick one. But for the fact that I'm going to have to make money on land somehow, and I'm not going to be able to go on these cruises all the time, but then I could also give myself completely free food forever. So, like, I could eat at a restaurant three times a day, and not pay for it. And drinks. Yeah, that's a no-brainer for that. Because that would save me so much money to be able to go on cruises. And that's a story. I like that one, Daniel. That's a good question. Good, good question. Uh, I think that's it. I want to remind you guys, patreon.com slash booked if you want an extra five shows a week. For just $8, and it's a great way to support this channel. You hear a lot of weird shit on there. You got to be prepared, okay? We got people out there getting shamed for listening to it. <laughs> we got people out there wondering what the hell I'm talking about. People out there texting me, DMing me, saying, Tommy, you're scaring me. What are you saying on this Patreon? You're scaring me. I don't know if it's at that level. But yeah, yeah, I'd let you behind the curtain a little bit more than maybe I, might be, maybe I should. We call it oversharing a little bit. Uh, but... That's what we do. P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash always be booked. Eight dollars you're in. 
what else? We have Instagram I mentioned, YouTube. I could really use some YouTube help, guys. That's part of it too. If I could freak, I'll, t- I'll tell you this. How about this? Let's do it. No, I don't know if I could do that. If I could double the, if I could double the YouTube subscribers, if I can get to 5K in YouTube subscribers, we got, we got, we got something here. I mean, we're not going to. We can't. It's not going to happen. But if I could get to 5,000 YouTube subscribers over the course of the next couple of weeks, that's the type of sign that makes me have to think about things a little bit. You know, that's the type of thing that makes me say, hold the phone here, hold the four, hold the horses. Reports of my demise have been greatly exaggerated. And that's what we do. But check out some of the content on YouTube. Uh, Always be booked on YouTube. And that's pretty much it. I really, really appreciate you guys listening to this and every episode. Next coming up, interview with Ryan. Big shout out to Scott. Scott has been making magic work. You're going to hear some interviews with some people that are going to raise your eyebrow. Okay, I had no idea. Scott, you know, had said that he wanted to help out with the show. I was like, well, why don't you book me some interviews for the Thursday conversation? The names that he gave me of people that I am already booked in interviews with for my show. That was like, okay, Scott, I see you. I mean, you're going to you're going to get a kick out of some of these interviews. But that's pretty much it. You guys are the best. Boat drinks, cones. <laughs>